What up and welcome to a podcast with Mo. I am Mo. This is episode 255. On this episode, I'm joined by Southern Comfort. We talk about the Patreon, merch shop, some music talk, racism, and then mainly this is just an episode to discuss our top 10 favorite TV shows. Thanks for checking us out. What up? Uh, first thing I got to get to is our Patreon, patreon.com slash a podcast with Mo. Uh, there will be a link in the description of this podcast. If you'd like to go there and give any amount of money, you can get early access to the podcast. If you get enough, you could be like my mother, Hurricane Haynes, Marshall, the Dharma Initiative Bear, and it's your boy h2.com and uh, be co-producers. So I'm going to call It's Your Boy H2, It's Your Boy H2.com because he wants me to shout out his website. And that's not really part of it, but I'm going to I'm going to allow it. I'm going to allow it. And I'm just going to have the .com to his name because that's literally the website's name. So if you all would like to check him out, uh, go do that. And then also we have a merch shop at shop.spreadshirt.com slash a podcast. Uh, go there and get some podcast merchandise if you would like. I'm a big fan of our t-shirts. I need to buy some more, but uh I'm broke bitch these days, you know. So uh yeah, join the Patreon or buy some merch. Um all right. This week I'm going to be calling our homie Soko aka Southern Comfort. I guess it's Southern Comfort aka Soko. Um I learned on our internet friends three special that us here at the podcast were the first ones to start calling him Soko, which kind of blew my fucking mind. But um anyway we're gonna give him a call the goal today is to do TV show episodes, like our top 10 favorite TV shows um, and a little bit of other things. We're going to try to keep it. I know we normally go long. I'm going to try to keep us reined in. Let's see what happens. Yep. I can hear you. <coughs> Perfect. Try to get a drink of water. And I like, so you, you either got allergies going on or you, or you got a whole lot of chiefing going on. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I did just hit the pot, but that wasn't making me caught. But then I took a swig of my tea and it went down the wrong pot. And I was like, oh, fuck, I'm going to die. Yeah, wrong pipe mixed with <laughs> yeah, <laughs> mixed with the smoke. Yeah, that's that's instant death. I'm not too proud to cough. I mean, anyone who knows me, uh, I will proudly cough my ass off because what the fuck's the point? What are we doing here? You know. And then, uh, but I, I hate people that act like somehow coughing's a a negative. No, cough cough shaming is definitely not cool. Uh, I don't I don't like uh, people who try to cough shame. Oh, I like, take it the other way. I'm like, oh, you ain't coughing. You must not have hit it hard enough. I don't know, guy. Yeah, you, know, you ain't doing it right then. Something's you, wrong with you. Yeah, you guys switched up on them. Um, all right, so we have very few things to talk about, but we have such a big topic of TV shows. We'll try to get there somewhat soonish. Um, but is there anything that's happened in your life since the last time you've been on uh, that you need to share? No, nah, nothing major. You know, re- regular life stuff. Uh, I get to play mediocre mechanic for one of these cars messing up. And I know you can kind of relate to having car issues every now and then. So that's about it, though. Like regular life stuff. Hell yeah. Um, uh, How is your album coming along? Or EP? Uh, It's moving good. I got a we got a, you know, I work with Graveyard. So we we got together this year and we're getting upgrades on equipment. So I put a pause on it till I can get my new equipment in. I'm going to see if it helps to have a, a new computer, new mic. 
Hell yeah. New software. And then uh, I'm going to re-record a lot of what I did. I got a lot of it recorded on my old program just to kind of have a reference, but I'm going to re-record everything and hopefully capture the same magic. And I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I'm thinking it's going to be something good for later this year. Hell yeah. I mean, I just recommend to anyone out there, you know, go with an audio interface that connects your computer and then connect the mic to the audio interface. That's just all it's a little more expensive up front, but I just think it's always a better route than getting a USB microphone myself. You know, so that's my my one bit yeah, of advice. I agree. I've and then I have this little isolation shield and I got the small one, you know. I've seen people with huge ass ones, but I would say that's that's helped quite a bit. It's helped quite a bit. Because then I can kind of back up from the microphone. You know, because a lot of people will say you want to be six to 12 inches from the microphone. But I used to be like right up on that motherfucker, because if not, you just got so much air noise, you know, where now I have this isolation shield. I can kind of back up a little bit. And I really feel like it's kind of helped some of my mixes. But we'll see. We'll see in the album drop. So people agree. So that's that's my biggest issue. Like, I hate hearing the little the little hiss. Yeah. In my verses and stuff like that shit, like drive me insane. But to get it all the way out, at least with the shit I got now on my end, I have to like take all my high out and then it just sounds weird. It's like it loses it loses power. Yeah. With, with the vocals with yours, what I do um, and I've done this for a long time on stuff is uh, Adobe Audition. And then it is also in FL Studio, which, you know, is what I normally use for beats, but it's kind of hidden. You got to know how to look. There is a way you can select you like, here's the noise I don't like, right? So like, if you leave in a big beginning part mm-hmm. to just air noise, I can grab that and be like, okay, program, you hear this, take all that out of this thing. But it is going to take out some out of your voice too. So your voice might not be quite as strong. Right. Um, so that's like the risk reward thing there, you know? And so sometimes when you do that, people's like, oh my God, you made it so clear. And then other people don't like it, but can't please everyone. Yeah, that's true. Um, well, anyway, be on the lookout. The reason I was asking about your EP slash album is I actually for you and Brad, I made y'all a second folder where I've already started making beats for y'all. And I think I got like four in yours. So if you're waiting and you want to just do a full blown album, I can just send you the beats, you know, as I'm like, hey, I think these are SoCo beats that I've been putting in this folder. Yeah, I'm down with that. Cause this this is nothing that I'm rushing to put out. Like I said I definitely want to. I'm not saying it's going to be like the final project I ever do, but I'm kind of treating it that way. Like, okay, if this was the first and last thing anybody ever heard from me, right. I, I want it to kind of be well-rounded with a little bit of everything. So yeah, I'm, I'm definitely down with that. If you got a couple more beats you want to shoot my way, I'll add them to the list and I'm sure I got more I can come up with on it. Right. Well, I'll, if I remember during our TV show talk later, I got to mention one of the beats then, but we'll see if I remember. Um, I'll, and then with Brad's, if he's listening, I'm I'm making him wait until he says he's done with their first EP because they're almost done with it. And I don't want to overload him. You know, he has other producers he works with and stuff. So I'm not trying to like, be like, you must do my beats <laughs> or, you know, I don't want to put pressure on people. <laughs> first come first serve. And I am the first. Right. Uh, for whatever reason, I just feel weird about pressuring people and this stuff. Um, all right. The only other thing I want to talk about before we get into TV show talk is I just posted um, a random racism topic on Twitter yesterday, not to be controversial, but oh, yeah, yeah, I just can't help myself sometimes. Right. And so what happened for, from my perspective is uh, I saw on one of the social medias where some black person attacked an Asian person. Right. And someone was claiming it was they were attacking them because they were Asian. Like that was the reasons so was like, you know, Asian hate crime or whatever. And then just my brain immediately went to how, you know, the narrative these days 
um, is you can't be racist unless you're white because it's about the systematic racism and the position of power white people have. And, you know, I'm sure people have heard that topic. And so I was like, well, is it racist if there's no white people? And I just thought that was kind of funny in my own brain. Right. And then so I tweeted it and uh, I thought I got a, f- a lot of good responses myself. Yeah, I read through it and uh, I thought, especially one guy on there, y'all kind of, y'all had more of a, I'm not, not back and forth, like confrontational, but more of like a, like you kind of had him go more in, in depth on what he meant by some of the stuff. And I thought every time he came back, he had a pretty good explanation for it. And I was like, yeah, I can see that. I, I kind of, I, I see all parts of it though. Cause I, I see the part. Cause I, I do. I, I see a lot of times I hear when people are like, oh, well, only white people are racist. And I'm like, eh, that's not really true. I get what you mean. Cause maybe only white people have ever been racist toward you like that. That can be a personal thing where it's like, well, the only people that have ever been racist in my life are white people. Like I could see where somebody could have that upbringing or grow up in that environment where like, that's the only place they've ever seen it. And maybe they're not taking into account, you know, the rest of the world they don't actually live in. So I, I can kind of get that sometimes. Right. Typically their argument, um, and I could be wrong, but I, I think I have a pretty good grasp of most, you know, sides of all this shit. Uh, typically their argument is, Anything else is just prejudice. It's just someone prejudiced because your skin color, but it's not racism for racism. It has to be. There's this systematic racism that's going on generations and generations that makes it where if, you know, me and you both got arrested for the same crime, you're going to do more time. Or if me and you both go to apply for a job, they're going to hire me just because I'm white. And that's nothing I done. It's just the way the system is. And so, like, that's racism. But then to that's just not what I grew up as being racism. And now, if you want to change definitions, and I said this to someone, they're like, the definitions didn't change. I do think the definitions change. To me, racism just is you treat someone different in a negative way um, because of their skin color. That's just how I'm going to view it forever. I can't not think of it that way. I, I don't think that's wrong. I think there's two different ways of looking at it. I think there's a micro way, which is like the one-on-one person racism. Right. Where like you're racist to somebody, like you said, solely because of how they look and like that's your instant, you got an instant feeling toward that person just from looking at them because of how they look. But then I think there's a more, I guess more of a worldview of racism as a, a structure more than just like a person to person thing where it's like, it's more, it's where like the race, the racism meets classism. I think there's an intersection there where like it perfectly defines systematic racism because it's there's definitely an intersection with like where you are uh, class wise and, you know, where you are financially and how you're treated. But if it intersects with your race, then like you're in a real bad spot. Right. Well, I think a lot of times like really, really poor white people can get treated just as bad as a medium income black person. Like it's not. It depends on the person doing the treatment, because if it's some elite rich guy they're probably going to treat the poor people just the same regardless of race right i, mean, I, I will say intersects, they might treat that person a little worse someone like cop interaction statistically you know you're much more likely to have a bad interaction than me you know i mean i have had a bunch of bad interactions with police but just like you know there are statistics you can look at where you're like oh yeah this is doesn't go favorable but i do think spending a bunch of time arguing over what the definition of racism is like, I don't know. I just really view this whole like Martin Luther King. I just grew up in this very idyllic, like it's you don't judge someone based on the color of their skin, but of the content of their character. And I do that. And then people in today's modern world is like, no, because of someone's skin color, you got to treat them different in the other way. And I'm like, God damn it. I thought we were just treating each other 
uh, like humans, like being awesome and shit. And I guess I understand other people don't do that. So that's why people got to, you know, keep repeating it and shit. So maybe I'm just complaining for no reason. Nah, it's it's a choppy waters to navigate, man, because everybody's got their own personal experience with it. And then they got their own idea of it from what they see from a distance. So it all that comes together and just it forms. Everybody's got really a different opinion on what really qualifies as, you know, racist versus prejudice, or is it all the same thing? Bottom line, nobody can ever be just 100% good to each other. Like, I, I just don't think as humans, it, it just ain't possible. <laughs> like, there's too much history. We got, we got too much history that proves we can't be good to each other for me to be like, oh, man, it's just this simple. <laughs> just right. be nice to each other. Back, like, no, nah, I'm pretty sure people have thought of that. Back before, you know, um, everyone settled north america or whatever like all the african tribes fought with each other because of their differences and all the european clans fought with each other because of their differences and all the asian like this is what's happened forever and i do think and this sounds like a dumb fucking white guy thing but like quote unquote the white people or european thing you know like they kind of they pulled one over on everyone, right? I mean, they like definitely were assholes and they were vicious and cold hearted throughout history. And because of that, it's like, all right, current white people, uh, that's y'all's fault. And maybe, I don't know. I feel like some people feel that way. Not all, of course. Um, and I don't know how to answer that. Cause I'm like, Oh, I don't, I don't know. I'll, I would never have done that, but you, who knows, you know, if I fucking was born 500 years ago, no one knows what the fuck was going to happen. Yeah, and it that uh what you were saying, it reminded me of uh when you had the podcast with you and uh H two. Um, you bought up I think it was you that bought it up. You were like uh y'all were talking about the pilgrims and the Indians and how like the narrative is that, you know, these clean white people came and it was the dirty savages. But if you look at history, like the white people bought all the disease yeah. which wiped out the Indians. So it's kinda like who was the clean and who was the dirty and just just that slant on it and looking at it differently like you said that's the whole hoodwink thing like and and not to disparage all white people because that's what it usually ends up turning into it sounds like all the, the black guys disparaging all the white people but yeah white people pull one over like they made it seem like they were like the great saviors that came and everybody else was the savages and all this and maybe it wasn't that way they That's literally I wasn't there. made one of the Pope's love childs the image of Jesus Christ. And now we have a white Jesus. I mean, like, that's how much whitewashing has happened. So, like, I get it. I get it. But I don't think to solve problems in the future, uh, it helps to maybe you do have to complain about it. I don't know. I'm just like, let's be positive and work towards the future. You know, like, that's my sort of mentality about it. And I do kind of feel like it's a two steps forward, one step back, you know, in, in these progress times. Um, but anyway, I guess we'll get off our racism talk. <laughs> Wait, before we get off it, though, I, I do got to add one more yeah, thing. Yeah. I think you brought this point up, too. It's hard to <laughs> it's definitely hard to get out of the past or like the past ways of thinking when everybody who runs everything is old as fuck. Yeah. From the past. Yeah. Like they're literally like when you think about the years some of these people were born, you're like, wow, like you had to hate other races. Like, right. Like, like it's almost like. It's like if you didn't, then I would think it's weird. Like when they when they act like oh they're just these champions. I'm like, but you you were like a teenager in the 40s. Like right, that's I don't think you were nice to, to other races, man. I just don't imagine it. That's why Bernie Sanders is a real one because that motherfucker was at the Martin Luther King marches. Like there's fucking picture evidence, which is the craziest shit. And then 
uh, I saw a meme today, actually, you mentioning that, that shows, you know, when the first schools were integrated and they had all the white people fucking screaming their ass off, mad that black people were going to go to school with them. And uh, I, I just listened to that on a revisionist history. Oh, uh, yeah, it's so good. Um, and that it, shit was crazy. Yeah, it's very good. Very good podcast. Um, but anyway, they show that compared to like what ages they would be. And then they show like a group of Karens at a Trump rally. And it's like, oh, those would be the ages. So it's like. Yeah, to act like these, I mean, these people were teenagers yelling they didn't want black people to go to school with them. Of course, they still harbor these feelings, and especially in the area you're from. You know, Georgia is very uh, historically uh, has a lot more crazy shit that's happened. I mean, Oklahoma, we got some shit, but we're like the last state, you know, that was settled in the mainland. And it was like all the losers just go get your fucking land or stealing it from the Indians. So it's a little <laughs> different. <laughs> Um, uh, but, and there was one other point we had in there. God damn it. I was going to say, cause it was going to be really good, but I don't remember it. Uh, people should follow me on Twitter though. For when I have random controversial tweets, y'all can jump in. Someone got real mad at me because I told him I didn't think definitions matter. And he threw a bit, he got all butt hurt, but it's a guy that I've seen, uh, throw fits on a bunch of people's posts. He's one of those fake woke people. I hate that shit myself. No definitions. Definitions are made up too. So. Right. None of that stuff is too permanent. Like it's all stuff we made up together. Like just because, just because we all agreed on it at some point, doesn't make it all right. Right. And like, that's what pretty much everything. What like, am I? Made all this shit up. Go to examples as uh, like the NAACP. The C in that stands for colored. Stands for colored people. But if you wouldn't start calling people colored people right now, they'd be like, "Yo, that's fucking racist." But at the time they set that up, that is the word they wanted to be called. You know, it's like things just fucking change yeah, over time. You intentionally. Know? Yeah. Things change. <laughs> Can we hang it over? All right. Off our serious talk. We're going to call this shit something like the TV episode or some shit. Uh, but our goal here today oh, was yeah. um, I want to bring back some more top. I used to do top five lists, but I'm going to try to keep them going top 10 lists. You know, let's make them bigger and better. And uh, normally, if people didn't notice already, Koopy would be on this episode, but she's got a lot of shit going on, and I ain't trying to bother her with the podcast. So I hit up Soko and was like, instead of rappers, we're doing TV shows, because you also love TV. And uh, yeah, Dude. we're going to go back and forth. We're not going to repeat, so I'll let you go first, and I'll go back and forth. Right? And I think we'll probably have some differences, but I do have like eight extras I can throw on there, um, you know, if you take some. So we should be good there. Yeah. I literally worked on this up until like, like even up to an hour ago, I was switching stuff up. So I got a list of like 19 right now. Like I got just a bunch of honorable mentions that I can slide into. So I think we'll be good. Right. And uh, for me, because I did have such, like, I originally had like 30 plus, you know, shows on here. And I started kind of marking them off. And I, oh, yeah. uh, so for me, like I have to have rewatched it for whatever, like at least in my opinion, yeah. because I was like, there's just so many on this list. You know, I have to have some criteria in some way. It's like, a, I want the collection to be like, if those were the only 10 shows I could watch at the end of the day, I would be happy with. So I have like some diversity a little bit. And then, uh, right. Yeah. Some shows like, uh, not to be of too much weight, but like game of Thrones, something that might've been on my list a while ago. The final couple seasons were so bad. It's not on my list. You know, like, I'm taking like the whole se- series into account. You know, it's not like a one season thing for me, but you can make your list however you want at home. And that's kind of how I did mine is everything that's in my top 10 is something I've watched every season of. And then some of them I've watched multiple times or at the very least, I would watch it over again. 
even if I haven't yet. Like some of this stuff still comes on, so I hadn't gone back to it, but I would. So right. that's my criteria. Too. Yeah. My last four are things currently running. So if we get there, we'll get those. But I try to put all the rest about as things that are like kind of done, you know. Yeah, we'll see. That you can just go back to at any time. Right. Right. But yeah, what's your number one? All right. So number one, I went ahead and got kind of my action shows out of the way because I think most of mine's a comedy. Like I, I guess I rewatch comedy a lot more than anything else. Uh, but this show is called Burn Notice. Uh, it come, came on USA originally. Uh, I want to say it had five or six seasons, something like that. Uh, but basically, it was a spy show about a spy who got kicked out of being a spy. And it was just episodic. Each episode, it was almost like MacGyver type show. Like he always had some different situation. And every season had one big bad guy that it would build up to at the end of the season. And the next season, it would kind of start over again and build to this next level of the conspiracy next level bad guy. But uh, me and my wife both watched this one. And I want to say we watched it from season one to whatever the last season was. I think we're on our fourth time now, like every, every two years, we'll usually restart it from the beginning. And this year we restarted it. We're on like episode four, season one, something like that. But uh, if you like action stuff, that's kind of spy-ish and, that kind of thing, then I think you'll enjoy that one. Yeah, I've actually watched the first few seasons of it uh, when I was in college in my downloading every TV show that existed phase. Uh, me and Pow Wow watch it. Pow Wow was a big fan of the show. You know, he liked it more than me. It's very pulpy. You know, I think it's the right word for yep. it. Um, it kind of reminds me of like Uncharted, the video game, like the main character. And then there's like this guy that reminded me of Sully for whatever. Like, I don't know. He has like an old man or right? that's kind of like his <laughs> guy or something. Uh, yep. Sam. Yeah. 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 So yeah, like, he's kind of like his older friend, right? which like, is a weird dynamic. Cause I, I don't have older friends like that. So like anytime I see somebody who's got a friend that's like, looks to be 10 to 15 years older than them. It's always a little like for me, it's strange, but I'm like, well, I guess you, if you got things in common, though, it's probably not. Right. I think if you worked with them, it could happen. But yeah, you wouldn't just have them normally. That helps. Yeah, uh, I can see that. But yeah, I have seen it. You know, definitely not in my lane of stuff I would like, but it's not a horrible show. I do remember watching it and not hating it at the time. But it is a USA show. So, it you know, it's going for that, what, PG-13 maybe sort of vibe. So, like, it is limited somewhat by the channel it's on, oh, yeah. you know, in a way. Yeah, you're not going to see, like, nude scenes and there's not going to be... There's no like, you know, no foul language or whatever the case may be. It's very, yeah, PG, like you said, but good. I enjoy it. All right, my number one is also the number one TV show of all time, uh, which is The Office. Surprise, surprise. Uh, I've, I, should, I mean, if I had to really guess, I've probably watched it around twenty times. You know, maybe more. I would like to think more, but I don't want to be like too crazy with it. Um, I would say like the last five or six times I've watched it through, I'm like really focused on it. You know what I like? I become more obsessive with it the more times I watch it, which is kind of opposite than most shows. Like typically the more times you watch them, you know, you're like, okay, I'm just, it's on in the background. Um, but it's helped that they have a podcast with the office ladies with Jenna Fisher and Angela Kinsley, who goes back through all the episodes and they really dive deep into it. And it makes the episodes even better whenever you go back and watch them afterwards. Um, but yeah. The Office is the best. I mean, I know there's people out there who just don't like The Office. They're going to say, you know, they don't like it because it's cool not to like it, you know, um, you know, because today's age, it's the most streamed show every year. So it's clearly popular. So I understand the contrarian who's not they don't want to like The Office or they don't get it. They're like, they're just people in an office. 
Um, but for me, <laughs> I find like every line of dialogue funny. Like, <laughs> yeah, it, I think it's the personalities in there because I've I've never watched every season of it. I'm on season two, episode eight right now. I actually just started it. Maybe it was last week or so, or it might have been early this week. But uh, I've been watching like a couple episodes a day. But uh, it's it's a it had a slow start for me. Like the first episode, I was like, I don't know. <laughs> but it gets funnier, and especially as you start seeing everybody's dynamic, like that makes it even funnier when you can like start seeing little nuances that they have in there. So I can definitely see where it could be a favorite. Right. Uh, well, season one isn't the best. Uh, you know, it is a short season, and then. Steve Carell, they had his character written differently. And then after the 40 year old virgin blew up between season one and two. And so with that, they make him more likable in season two and then moving forward. Um, so you'll, you'll notice that, you know, as you go along and, uh, yeah, it's just the best. I, to me, the best part about it is the mockumentary style. It's the looks that Kevin or Jim or whoever give to the camera. Like the camera is a character, <laughs> You know, like it's not just a camera. It's like there's a cameraman there and you're aware there's a cameraman there. And that changes, I think, kind of the whole way you watch watch. You know, it's not like a sitcom or whatever. So I'm just a big fan of it. Love it more than more than almost anything. Like, I don't know how like if you can put like all, you know, music, movies, TV, video games, all of it together. The office may be the number one out of everything thing for me. It still wins. Yeah. So. That's uh, where I'm at on that. Um, all right. What's your number two? All right. Number two, uh, sticking in the kind of action type category. It's a show called Leverage. It came on originally. I want to say it came on TNT, maybe. Uh, then it came on one of those kind of off channels that I can't really remember what it was called because uh, I, I used to have cable. So I, we ended up catching every season of it on some channel where it came on like every day, like 12 episodes in a row. So we ended up watching every season of it. But uh, it's kind of, it's not not a spy show. It's almost like a um, con man. It's like a con man movie, but made into a show. So every episode is a different con. They're playing different roles and they're swindling somebody and, you know, just doing cool shit. They're stealing stuff. Um, kind of a clever show, but not, too clever to be long and drawn out. Like everything gets wrapped up in an episode. You know, it's not like a mini series type clever, but it gets all wrapped up in an episode. And I like the characters in it. You know, it had action guy. It had a guy who was good with computers, a girl who was good with stealing, uh, another lady who was good at just doing different uh, characters and disguises. And then the one guy who was like the brains of it, that just bought them all together to be this crew. So we enjoyed that. I want to say it was like seven or eight seasons, something like that, too. And we watched that probably about three times over, me and the wife. So that's another one that we actually watched together. Right. I've never even heard of it. So, yeah, that one's not on my radar even a little bit. Yeah, it's definitely not like one of those critically acclaimed type shows. It's got like a cult following. Right. Like the people who the people who like it, love it. And the people who don't, don't know about it. <laughs> right. And that's pretty much it runs that gamut. There was a, a show pal I watched on TNT similar to that, where it was like, I actually knew it had Dom from Entourage and then it, uh, you know, a couple other people. And it was like to get out of jail, they got to work with the man. And I you don't know. And I was like, he watched every episode. And I was like, I don't even know his fucking show existed. What is this show? You know, or whatever. So they, they, they're out there. Um, 
All right. My number two is a show that probably a lot of people don't know exists, but it's amazing. I watch it every night before I go to sleep, and that is Stargate SG-1. All right. Yeah. Um, another shout out to Pow Wow because, you know, we live together all throughout college, and so we watch a lot of shows together. This was this is like our show together. He's like the only other person I know that watches it besides my step-grandmother, Rita, who I haven't talked to in 30 fucking years. But when I was a kid, I remember her watching this show when it was coming on. And... uh it's an old sci-fi show. Now, a lot of people love Star Wars or they love Star Trek, and I don't really give a fuck about either one of those. You know, to me, Star Wars is kind of boring and it's all like just good versus evil. Right. And then Star Trek mm-hmm. is a cool idea, but it's kind of boring, too, because they're like peaceful. And I don't know. I just don't like either one of those things. But Stargate just is right up my alley for some reason. It's set in modern time. The sci-fi is happening here and now. You know, it's not fucking somewhere far off or in the future. And there's something about that that really appealed to me. Now, it's corny and cheesy as fuck. And that and powwow liked it. So it was just our like we came together in college and we knocked out 10 seasons in like two months, less than two months. It was fucking ridiculous how often we watch the show. And um, I just keep watching it. I probably watched it 20 times or so. I just watch it over and over again. And uh, me and powwow can pretty much communicate and just stargate episode references because like there's so many episodes <laughs> it's always like this is kind of like that one episode where this this or this happened and he'd be like it's exactly like that and it's pretty ridiculous my wife you know doesn't think it's the best show ever but i just really love it so it's it's the best i highly recommend anyone watching it. it's on netflix and it's on amazon prime uh, it used to be on hulu but i think they took it down but um you know anyway well what's your uh number three all right, number three is a show that I watched it when I was younger, stopped for a long-ass time, and then I actually recently went back and picked up where I left off, which ended up being a good 10 seasons of it that I just I just stopped at, I think, season like 12 or something like that, maybe right. even before that. But I went ahead and picked up and just watched it to the end because just side note or sidetrack thing, like since the pandemic, like I – I'd started working from home before the pandemic happened, but I didn't have all the cool like streaming shit. Like when I first started working from home, I just had regular cable. So I had to watch TV, you know, in the house, like a peasant, like I I could pull up Netflix, but that was about it since the pandemic and COVID and all that good stuff, cut cable. I got pretty much every streaming thing there is to have (laughs) that interests me. So I can pretty much on my work computer, like my day job consists of, I get on the phone when people call and people only call as often as, you know, as things are busy. So if it ain't busy, like I got constantly music or TV or podcast going. So my, my days, like I can't complain too much. Like I'm still at work. I still got to do shit, but if I ain't talking to nobody, I can watch TV. I can do whatever, but I ended up uh, going back to South park. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, I watched that started watching it, you know, when it first came out and I think that's, that's a show that, I appreciate it so much more now that I have like a more of an adult brain. Like my kid brain would just, you know, hear the, the lewd stuff and, you know, the, the off the wall stuff. And it, it, it was funny, but not in the same way that it's funny now. Like now I can appreciate, like they're really good with like satire. Right. Their satire is like it top notch, top notch satire. Yeah, it really is. Like I, and I never, like, I just used to be like, Oh, it's, you know, it was just crude comedy to me when I was younger. But as I go back, I'm like, oh, shit, I remember this happening. Like, and they're doing an episode on it. I'm like, even though they're over-exaggerating whatever that thing is, they're doing it in such a way where it's like, it's exaggerated, but it's kind of not. Like, 
people kind of are that stupid about this thing in real life, whatever that topic is. Right. And it's just, I I just really enjoy it. Like now more than I ever did. But like, I I went back and I'm caught up now and I'm like, damn, I want to see more South Park. Like now it's like one of my favorite shows again. I'm probably going to go back to the beginning and catch stuff that I probably couldn't quite comprehend when I was younger. Right. Their video game, their most two recent video games, uh, South Park, the stick of truth and then the fractured butthole um are both very good very good video games so i highly recommend those and um yeah i love south park they weren't on my list because i know i haven't seen the trump episodes as soon as they made mr garrison become trump i was like i'm so out on this shit and i kind of quit watching it and then there's also somewhere in the earlier years when they went from like when Butters came in, you know, like, I don't know exactly when Butters came in, but Butters is my favorite character. Mm -hmm. And when I watch now, I fucking love Butters, but there's somewhere in the middle. I know I just wasn't keeping up with it at the time. And I've never went back and rewatched it, but I do love South Park. It's fucking awesome. Yeah. I I love it too. Like I used to only, I used to be like, yeah, it's funny. I like it. But after watching, like, I think I ended up watching five or six seasons or seven, whatever, whatever I missed, I caught up on. And I'm just like, this show is fucking great. Like, right. And I can see where like people who take stuff way too seriously would be offended by some of the stuff on it. But I'm like, you really shouldn't be like, you should be able to just sit back, watch it and take it for what it is, laugh at it. But at the same time, be like, yeah, man, like people really do act like that about that topic though. <laughs> like right. they're not, they're not that far off. Right. Well, um, I love those dudes. I, and I also got a shout out that my favorite episode is uh butter's kissing company. So, Shout out Butters Kissing Company. <laughs> All right. My number three Dope. is uh, probably my the best TV show really on my list. Like as far as if you look up critically acclaimed and all that, uh, it's very dramatic, but it's so, so good. And I'm going to go with Mad Men. Ah, okay. Never saw it, but I've heard things. Yeah, I think, I mean, I would recommend it, you know, if you're sitting at home. Now it is one... <sighs> It's very dialogue driven. It's very much you got to pay attention. You know, there's not always a lot of action, but it's so well written and the set pieces are so good. And it's like, I mean, it just looks like fucking 1961 or whatever year it is, you know, when they first start out, like they just do such a good job. And John Hamm as the main character is so, so good. And uh, Mad Men, in case people don't know, they were the advertisement uh, guys who worked on madison avenue so that's where the term came from and they just had all this Uh, i didn't know that yeah they had all this money and uh a lot of them had like second you know wives or you know cheated like the first episode don like fucks this chick and then at the very end he comes home to his family with his wife and you're like oh that wasn't his wife earlier you know like there's like little things like that um but for whatever reason like don just such a good anti-hero that like you're so into his character and like you just want to you just want to watch it at least i know i did you know and I watched it when it aired, like week to week at the time. This was probably the, one of the first shows that was a little too, now this sounds mean, but it was like too grown up for Pow Wow. He wasn't really like, he would watch it with me yeah. every week, but he was like, bro, I don't really care about this shit. Where I was like, I'm really into this shit. And then Koopy fucking loves it. You know, it's it would be on her top five as well. Um, so we probably rewatched that like every couple of years. We'll rewatch Mad Men because the whole run through is just so good and all the acting so good. You know, as you get older, I think you start appreciating good acting more. And so you're just like, fuck, man, this shit's yeah. so good. But anyway, shout out Mad Men. All right. Number four is probably going to be some people listening to this may not consider it a TV show, uh, but by my criteria, I feel like it is. Uh, 
And not only have I watched all of it since I started watching it, but I will go back and watch old episodes too, or like old years of it. Um, but it's a uh, raw and SmackDown WWE. I wondered if you would have these on here. Cause I, I would count them as yeah, well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And see that, that's what I was like. I was like, to me, that's TV. Like at one point I would watch it, you know, live every week. It was appointment TV for me. And now that I can just watch it when I want, like I still go back and watch like my favorite matches or, you know, not necessarily whole episodes sometimes, but to me it counts. And if you're a wrestling fan, then, you know, it's on TV. It's a TV show. I think it fits in that category. I mean, the soap operas count and it's basically that. But I, with yep, I agree. Some like choreographed, like choreographed athletic uh, maneuvers. I don't know how to describe it. Like, like they really do shit. I hate this whole like wrestling's real versus fake, and the argument's so stupid because everyone's like, "Of course it's real." Their body hits the ground. You're like, oh, "Okay, of course it does," but it's not fucking the wrestling they do in college. Like these are different, you know. I don't know. Which I would never watch. No, <laughs> so boring, so boring. I they just put their like they just put their dicks on each other's faces, <laughs> and I'm like, well, who the fuck? And then Powell used to wrestle in high school, and he's like, yeah, dude, guys would always put their fingers up your butt and shit. And I'm like, who would want to do this anyway? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, WWE Raw, yeah, Raw, Raw and SmackDown. I, I just put those together, even though they're technically two different shows. I, I put them all as one. Like I, I watched that particular brand of wrestling. Uh, every you know, every week when it comes on, I don't miss an episode. Even the ones I don't like, I still like just because I like the, I like the genre. So I still watch it. Right. Yeah. I. I mean, I enjoyed um, from the Macho Man Randy Savage Hulk Hogan era. You know, the very end of Andre the Giant. You know, like I remember his last WrestleMania. I didn't watch it live, but I remember like that time period. And up until yeah. uh, I always tell people, whatever John Cena came out. I never saw him. So I quit sometime before John Cena, but all through the rock and stone cold and Shawn Michael, you know, Shawn Michael's probably my favorite at the time in hindsight, stone cold's the best ever. And I don't think anyone's close. I mean, Hulk Hogan, of course, is the legend greatest ever. What? I don't know. It's hard to fucking, I guess do it. But anyway, another day, uh, I enjoyed wrestling at that time, but I do remember at some time I was just done, just done with it. And I think, I think that's how it is. I think there's people who are like cradle to the grave fans and then there's people who just get off and they have no problem never getting back on. Like, I, I just think it's one of those, it's one of those forms of entertainment that there's people that's either all in or they were in for a time and then they get off. And I think it is hard to get back into. Like I, I could, if I ever did stop for years, like I don't think I could just jump back in without somehow having the time to go back and catch up and see like, all right, what the hell is happening now? And how do we get here? That kind of thing. Right. I know for me, the only way I would ever get back into it. And the only way they could have kept me into it at the time is if they kept making great video games. Cause I love video games so much and their games kind of fell off about the time that I quit watching, you know, like they didn't really move into the PS two era. Well, like those games to me weren't, weren't as good as the PS one and 64. And so like, I don't know. I remember I got in a fucking I knew how to play rugby because I bought a fucking rugby video game. You know, for whatever reason, if I buy your video game, I'll get into <laughs> some shit. Um, I'll get into your shit. Yeah. All right. My number four is going to be probably my only cartoon on the list, which is surprising because I do love some adult animation. Um, but I'm going to go with King of the Hill. Uh, one of the first television nice. shows that I 
was like appointment viewing for me. You know, like Fox Sunday nights were a big deal my whole life. I've watched The Simpsons since I was four years old. I remember parents being like appalled. My mom let me watch The Simpsons when I was like five and six years old. But I loved it. I had fucking Simpsons bedspread and all that shit. I loved The Simpsons at the time. And then King of the Hill came out. And I was like Bobby's age when it came out or pretty close to it. I looked pretty close to what Bobby looks like. And, you know, my dad's on exactly like King Kill, you know, my mom and dad. But like they're country ish, you know, and like I understand like it was set in Arlen, Texas. I live in Oklahoma. At one episode, they drive to Wichita Falls, which is like 45 minutes from where I live. So like I just felt really close to the whole show for some reason, you know, and I just loved it. I love King of the Hill. I'm currently watching it through like my third or fourth time right now. I like half a season left until I'm done with it for that, that many times. And the last time I brought this show up with Pow Wow back in the day on uh, when we done a top five list, I was like, I would love it if they brought it back. But like a time jump happened, you know, like Bobby was my age. Like I would love that shit. And apparently Disney Plus is looking into it. And that's how I signed back up for Disney Plus is when they put out a fucking King of the Hill all grown up or whatever. I'll be all for it. I, I think that'll be a winner for them because they don't they don't have much as far as for me either like original content that makes me log on to it much. Like I've got Disney Plus, but I don't use it for the most part. Like it's just kind of there just in case they bring something I want. But yeah, that that would definitely be a a positive if they threw an updated King of the Hill on there. Right, but it's just a great show. Uh, something that connects it and The Office is uh, Greg Daniels, who is. Uh, the guy who helped make the, you know, the U S office. Uh, he also worked with Mike judge who made the office space on making King of the Hill. So like there is a tie in there. And then whenever I watch him, I'm like, Oh, you can totally see the similarities between the humor between King of the Hill and the office. Like it's, and it's super funny to me, you know, since I've watched both of them so many times, uh, but it's great. Fucking love King of the Hill. It's the best. Let me ask you this. You said the U.S. office. So do they have like an overseas version of the office, too? Uh, yeah, the original is a U.K. version that Ricky Gervais created. Oh, really? And then they brought it okay. to America and everyone thought it was going to suck because everyone loved the U.K. office. I've tried to watch it. I think the U.S. version is so much better. I love Ricky Gervais and I love every almost everything he does, but it's just a little too dry for me. And that's how people think about the U.S. office. You know, I'm sure. But um. Yeah, there is a rich, now, original. Now I've I've watched maybe because I, I know that that happens a good bit where like the UK will have a hit show and then it'll get redone over here. And I've I've always liked the US versions way better. Maybe it depends on where you live. Because like I've watched a couple shows where I go back and I'm like, well, let me check out the original version. And I'm like, oh, we definitely improved on this. <laughs> like that's how I always end up feeling about it. I mean, I'm sure there's some exceptions, uh, but yeah, in general, like I remember there was a show called The Inbetweeners that came to, you know, America and there was a U- England one. So I watched the English one and I fucking hated it. But the American one I thought was really funny because there was one redheaded kid that was really funny. You know, so it's like I, they don't have that kid on the other one. So I don't like it. Um, all right. Uh, what is your number five? All right. Number five. All right. I'm going to get into my animation bag with American Dad. Oh man, yeah. Uh and this and these I didn't necessarily do mines in order, but uh whenever I think of American Dad, I can't help but like think of Family Guy at the same time. But I do put American Dad ahead of it. For some reason I it just it's way more rewatchable for me. Like usually when I rewatch an episode of Family Guy, I remember so much of it for some reason and I'm like, oh it's, it's not as funny to me because nothing feels new. But like I can rewatch an American Dad and be like, Oh man, I forgot how funny this was. 
like this certain part or this thing they said. Right. I actually it's just not like that with a family guy for me. Right. I'm not a fan of American Dad myself. Uh, it's my least favorite Seth MacFarlane thing he's ever made. I don't know why. I just can't. Maybe because the main character is like in the CIA or, you know, I don't know. And that's just not my shit. I just have never been able to get into it for some reason. Anytime I've tried. Um, like I love Cleveland show. I would say it's number one. My favorite. Orville. I also love and family guy is good, but it definitely yeah. gets old because it's kind of repetitive, I think, in a way. Um, but yeah, I'm glad you enjoy it and you brought it up because, yeah, I would have never thought of American Dad. Yeah, I, I do. I like American Dad. And um, if it wasn't for Roger, like if that character wasn't in it, I think it would completely change the show. But just the fact that there's an alien in it that like does all these different disguises and personas like that just that takes the comedy to another level for me. Right. The only reason I'm halfway familiar with it is I got really into this mobile card game a few years ago that was called Animation Throwdown, and it combined King of the Hill, American Dad, Family Guy, uh, Bob's Burgers. I feel like I'm forgetting one. All into one card game, and I was obsessed with it. And then when I got a new phone, it wouldn't recover my account, and I got so pissed that I never touched it again. But through that game... I became familiar with the American dad characters, you know, cause they were on my, my cards and shit. But, um, all right. My number five is probably going to be the only, uh, reality show I go with. And that's going to be big brother. Uh, I'm not sure if you have any history or familiarity with big brother, but it, I've actually watched it since season one, except for seasons 12 and 13, because I feel like those are the first two years I went to college and I just missed it. Um, but me and my mom watched it when I was in fucking T-ball. Because I remember her being like, we got to get home from your game to fucking watch Big Brother for season one. And season one's way different than the rest of them. And um, so anyway, yeah, we watched that shit. It was great. I love the show. It's Survivor, but inside of a house. They win half as much money. But you can like subscribe. Now it's through CBS All Access where you can watch live streams of the cameras like all the time. So it leads to there's a lot of people online really invested. And they're like people give you live updates of shit that's happening because they're watching the live feeds. So it's really it makes like a community around it, if you will. But when I was in college, uh, I learned powwow also grew up watching it. And that's when we were like, holy fuck, let's watch this shit. And then we we pitch in at that time. It was like expensive as fuck to get the live streams. But we got that shit and we would just watch these live streams every day. And we were like so into it. And that was whatever season Ian won. So uh, that one actually might have been season 12. But either way, we got real fucking into that shit. And uh, I loved it. You know, I just fucking love Big Brother. Even now, whenever they announce the seasons coming up, I get like real excited because it comes on three times a week. You know, I've gotten my wife into it. My mom watches it. So it's. For a community aspect, it, it's fun. It's a fun time. Yeah, I think anytime you can get the wife into a show and y'all can do it together, it always kind of increases the value of the show. Right. I agree. I agree. Well, and there's not many things these days that's weekly like that, you know, because everything is so like, we'll, we'll just watch the whole season. Whereas in this is something you have to like wait for right. and it kind of builds it up in a way. Um, all right. What's your number six? All right, number six for me, still animation. I'm going with Rick and Morty. Okay. Love love that show. Uh, I watched, I want to say it's up to season four, so I've probably watched it through maybe four or five times. I think that was one was of Was it on a season five? I want to say there's a five coming. I think, I want to say four was the last season. Right. Whatever they I'm have on mistaken. HBO Max, I've watched all of those. 
Yeah. So you, I think you're pretty much caught up. I think they stopped after that because they take a long ass time to do them. That's another reason that I don't know it's kind of a absence makes the heart grow fonder scenario. Like they take so long to produce the episodes and come back with another season. And like by the time they announce they're coming, like you're fiending for that shit. And like you got time to rewatch the other ones a couple times before it hits. And it's just a well done show. I enjoy all of the characters on it. The nervous. Morty with his nervousness and Rick with his not give a fuckness like that shit is just dope and it, I think that was one of the first animated shows that like I got my kids to like get in and get in on it with me like usually when I watch my animated stuff like they're just kind of in the background they're like oh he's watching American Dad Family Guy whatever but like Rick and Morty like they actually sat and watched it with me and we all laughed and shit so that was good like I, I enjoy when they can get in on this stuff and kind of understand the the sick humor Right. Of some of these shows. Yeah, I fairly recently watched all of Rick and Morty, you know, since, since HBO Max has come out because I didn't have access to it. I guess it was on Hulu at one time. I just wasn't aware. Um, but I've always heard really good things. But it was also one of those like you hear, you know, something so overhyped and you fucking watch it and you're like, it's going to yeah, suck. Can it really and, be that good? Right. So I kind of put it off for a really long time. Um, I think it's really good. If I've watched it more than once and you know, if I'd been watching it for years, it'd probably be on my list, but I've only watched it one time. And then I watched the first couple episodes again, you know, like I've restarted it, uh, when I was showing it to powwow. Cause I was like, Hey, I think you would fucking love this shit. Um, and it is really good. The satire on the episodes that want to do satire are very good. I do like the way there's a lot of different type of episodes, you know? So like, it's just a good time all around. The best episode is the planet of Rick's and the planet of Morty's. It's like the perfect, whatever for racism when they create that whole (laughs) yeah they just expand the universe with that yeah it's like like, oh wow it's not just this one and this one (laughs) they're everywhere right like during that episode i was telling people like he's the one true rick i was like they're doing an entire like the mortys are black people or the minorities and ricks are are like white people like this is fucking brilliant you know like how do they think of this shit but um fucking rick and morty good call um all right my number six is gonna be a television show that probably has the worst finale out of anything on my list and that is gonna be lost see that that was one of those that i'd always heard about it and i never i never watched it like i never just got into it and started it at all i will say it's so well made as far as how well shot it is, you know, like the quality of it that you could start it now and it would feel like a new show. Like it's just even now when I watch, I'm like, fuck this because they're filming in Hawaii and shit. And it's just like really pretty. Um, the first three seasons are very, very good. Like if it ended after season three, for whatever reason, it would be like the best show ever. Now, after that, and it's kind of up to your taste. You know, like there's one season where they go back in time. And I actually think that's one of my favorite seasons. But some people hate that shit. And then the finale, they try to do this whole like. What if the plane never crashed? What their life would be like? Like, I didn't you don't know if it's like like another dimension life type thing. Yeah, it's fucking weird. right? And then at the end, uh, it's like you see they don't really do a good job of explaining exactly what's going on you know so like and they've come out since then and jj abrams and damon lindenhoff the guys that uh were fucking writing it and so like they didn't really have a plan they were just kind of making it up as they went along you know like they didn't sit there with one fucking true story but it is very entertaining like when you're watching it you'll get really sucked into it like i would recommend it to anyone who wants a show to binge watch very very good 
Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and add it to my Hulu just off of that. Oh, yeah. And I, I've always said I would watch it if I got, you know, it's one of those. Oh, if I ever have, you know, I, I got to really want to watch it and settle down and watch it. But right. Yeah, I, I may need to go ahead and add that to my list. Yeah. And it's one that, I mean, my wife got into. Like when I first got into it, I was in college. I was in this fraternity and a few of the guys were really into Lost, you know. And I was like, well, fuck it. I'll download the shit. I'll download it and catch up before this next season. And that's what I did. And then it was like season four was coming out or something. And, you know, I was watching it live with all my friends. And uh, that just made it even more fun at the time. You know, like we'd all, it was like a big fucking event. And then uh, my mom worked with this older lady who watched it that was always trying to ask me what my theories were because she didn't quite get it, but she watched it every week. And so, like, I don't know, it was just a big deal at the time, like that played into like how much you loved it, you know? Um, and we shouted out every time at the beginning of the podcast with Marshall, the Dharma Initiative Bear. Uh, the Dharma Initiative oh, yeah, Dharma. is from Lost, and there is a bear in this one scene, and that's what we're referring to. But um, anyway, definitely watch Lost and let me know what you think. Uh, what is your number seven? All right, number seven, this is going to be another pandemic special. Uh, started watching this from, from season one, and it's still coming on. And I haven't rewatched it, but I definitely would. Uh, it's a comedy on NBC called Superstore. Yeah, you love that shit. You always bring it up. Yeah, I do. I do. Like when I like from the first episode, I was like, okay, yeah, I, sh- I should have been watching this from the beginning. Like it was one of those things where I was like, I'm not gonna watch that. Like I worked in retail for like pretty much from the time I was 16 for till I was like in my mid 20s. So I was like, I'm not gonna watch a show about that. Like that's you know, I know funny shit happens, but they're not going to capture the funniness of it. But they did that shit like they get they get credit. That's a good ass show. Uh, funny as hell. I enjoy all the characters on it. And I, I could definitely see myself rewatching that from season one once it goes off. Uh, yeah. The creator is Justin Spitzer, who is a writer on The Office, uh, the early seasons of The Office. So because of that, I did watch season one when it came out. And I did really like it. And recently, because you like it so much, I have been watching some of season two. Uh, it is good. I just, honestly, my big issue is the main character on it. He's also in Mad Men as well. And I love Mad Men, as we know. Um, I just don't like him that much for whatever reason. You know, and it's hard for me to like shows that I don't like the main character. No, nah, that's understandable. That's why uh, you, you felt the same about Scrubs. Didn't you? Yeah. Like Scrubs, I like all the side characters, the main character. I'm like, uh, and now I do think uh, Superstore, I love the Dwight. I call her the Dwight chick. Whoever's like the mean lady, you know, like, oh, yeah. like she's yeah. so funny. But, uh, and I like uh, Tomas or fuck, I don't remember everyone's name, but, you know, I, I like him a lot as well. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of people I like on the show, but it just hasn't stuck with me. Like, you know, some of the other NBC comedies, but in general, I do enjoy all those. And see like that, that show opened me up to NBC as a whole. Cause I, I wasn't really like NBC and CBS. I like, I stayed away from them as far as like really any shows. I was like, nah, I'll stick with, you know, comedy central and FX and shit like that. Like I, I'd never really looked at network TV for my comedy, not for a long time anyway. Like not since Fox was in its heyday of having like all the comedies. Right. But uh, that definitely, okay. well, that definitely gave me a uh, you know renewed hope, right? In those comedies, well, like Superstore, Parks and Recreation, uh, 
a good place. Like all these things came from people who wrote on the office. And so like all of those kind of have a little bit of office DNA in them. So like, I'll give all those a shot, except I haven't watched a good place. Um, but anyway, um, and that's, that's the one about, uh, it's like heaven, but it's not heaven. Like you get yeah. downloaded or something. Something like that. Like once you die. I, no, no, I that's concept. I think I saw like a preview of it, but I hadn't watched that. No, no, that's yeah. upload on Amazon Prime, and it is also very good. And Greg Daniels, who made The Office, made that. But a gotcha. good, the good place is like a heaven hell kind of thing. With, but I'm not real sure because I haven't watched it. Um, all right, my number seven to keep it with uh, comedies, and this is from uh, the creator of Mike Judge, who made King of the Hill with Greg Daniels, I mentioned earlier, and that is Silicon Valley, uh, which is an HBO show. Uh, have I don't know if you... Have you ever watched this? I would assume you haven't. No, I have not. Closest I've gotten, which it probably is nothing like it, I have watched Ballers with The Rock. Right. Yeah, it's nothing like that. Ballers. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> yeah, see, <laughs> I don't even know what it's about. Yeah. Uh, so Silicon Valley is about uh, more or less the first seasons. There's this guy and Thomas Middleditch plays him. I don't remember his name at the moment. Um, but he's like, uh, you know, a dweeby ass IT guy. And he works this place that's a lot like Google, but it's called Hooli. And he creates this uh, code that makes it where you can search like archive stuff. Basically, it'll make all the computers run faster, right? That's all you really got to know. You don't have to be that techie into it to get it. And um, so some shit happens. He has a chance to have millions and millions of dollars. He fucks it up. And then he has to make his own company using his code. And then him and his friends uh, are trying to, you know, do the whole Silicon Valley thing. And uh, basically the end of every episode, something bad happens. Like more or less the theme of it is like they can just never catch a break. But it's so fucking funny. And it's on HBO. So, you know, they can be as vulgar as they want to be, which for me, I think is important for a comedy. And uh, yeah, there's it increases the value of the comedy. I do kind of think you have to watch through the first season. Uh, there's one scene, I think it's the last episode or next last episode where he kind of like breaks, you know, like he finally figures out like his coding thing, but it all happens because all the nerds in the room are arguing about how many dicks you could jerk off in an hour. Like if someone says like some joke, they're like, well, how many dicks could you jerk off in the hour? They're like, well, if you lined them up from and they get like all engineering and shit about it. And it's so it like, I fucking couldn't breathe the first time I watched this shit. So there's just some really good, uh, really good moments in the Silicon Valley show. And I have to, I just highly recommend it. Um, the last season's not super strong because they got rid of one of my favorite characters. He had some issues with someone on set. Or I don't really know what the whole thing was, but, um, overall the show's just so, so good. Like I, again, can't recommend it more. This is like my desert Island shows over here. So, um, all right, man, what's your number eight? All right, my number eight. Uh, this was originally a Fox comedy, but it's actually on NBC now. It's called Brooklyn Nine Nine. Right. With I believe it's is it Adam Sanderberg? Uh, is that his last name? Andy Sandberg. Ah, close enough. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, he. Uh, I loved him. Uh, the reason I even gave the show a chance is I, I love the stuff he did on a uh, Saturday Night Live with a. Uh, like the with his wasn't a boy band, but it wasn't a rap group. It was like a fusion. First off, uh, Lonely Island is a rap what, group. Yeah, Lonely Island, that was it. Yeah, like that. That shit was. It was. It was good songs, and it was funny as hell. Like I enjoyed. That People shit. that don't remember, they were my number two favorite rap group when we done a list of that back in the day. I'm like, I think I remember you fan. saying that. Yep. 
and uh, I saw the movie that he did uh, that was based on you know him like pop star in, in the rap group. That shit was good as fuck. Right. Uh, and so when Brooklyn Nine Nine came out, I was like, oh yeah, I'll, I'll give this a shot. You know, I, I enjoy Fox comedy, so I watched that. Loved it from the first episode. Uh, it ended on Fox, and it looked like it was gonna be gone forever. But then NBC picked it up, and they just started basically remaking it. Uh, just picked up where it left off. And thankfully, it didn't change anything about the show. Like, it's shot the same, you know, the same comedic style. Like, they didn't change anything about it. They just literally moved it from one channel to another. So, right. I still watch that, and I thoroughly enjoy Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I actually started it from the beginning, also this week. Yeah, I've tried to watch it before. Uh, I personally don't love Fox comedies these days. I think they're all, you know, they're... A little corny. I get. I, I feel like Brooklyn Nine-Nine is too wacky, I guess, was my, my take originally uh, for me to really like it. But I did see someone compare an early scene to a later scene, and I guess it gets a lot better. Like a lot of the characters, like just a lot of things changes from what I understand um, of how the characters are portrayed. But yeah, it, it just for whatever reason, and maybe it's to the cop thing, and I don't love the cop shows, but um just never could love it. And I, I love Lonely Island. Like, you know, I fucking listen to their show all the time. But Andy Samberg's also not my favorite member of Lonely Island, you know, so. Ah, gotcha. Uh, young Keith, obviously, is the best member. If anyone listened, I mean, y'all would know that shit. Obviously. <laughs> um, all right. My number eight. We're going to go back to some good old dramatic show with Friday Night Lights. Okay. Um, you had to be there, I guess. I want to say the first season came out my first uh, year of college when I just had NBC. It was the only you know channel I could pick up on my antenna, and uh, I watched it. I remember just live then, and it was a big fucking deal. You know, like they really hopped it up, but then it ended up being like it underachieved because it was at time and TV where they still expected really big numbers, but like nobody was watching TV like that anymore. You know, it's like everyone was like, "Oh, it's not doing well," but. I, everyone I knew fucking loved it, you know, or whatever. So that was watching it. And uh, I do think if it came out on like Netflix, you know, like if Netflix would have existed, then it would have fucking destroyed. But I, I don't know. It's just it's made for that shit. So I highly recommend Friday Night Lights. The acting is amazing. Uh, the dude who plays Coach Taylor is from this other TV show I loved as a kid called Early Edition. I can't remember his name right now, but he's super famous. Um, the guy who plays coach Taylor and then his wife is Connie Britton who goes on to be on Nashville and American horror story and a bunch of other shit. And she's really fucking good in the show. And uh, it's just one of those, like it'll grip you. And then you'll just have to watch every fucking episode. You know, you're like, God damn it. It's fucking Friday night lights. And also it's set in a small Texas town. I'm from a small Oklahoma town. There are a lot of similarities. I understood uh, some of it and it's just shot. Something about the way the cameras are shot. Like I'm sure you saw Friday Night Lights, the movie. It's shot in that same way where like the cameras are a lot lower. It's like you're seeing underneath their chin more than like looking down on them. If that makes sense. I don't know. Yeah, I get what you're saying. It's gritty. Now the <clears throat> the overall thing because I've never seen the show Friday Night Lights, but every time I've heard about it or saw the name somewhere i always imagine varsity blues is it anything like varsity blues or is that just me like correlating it for no reason um i mean i would say it's probably somewhere close i mean it is again like friday night lots the movie um is set in like the 80s so this is like a more modern day setting of that so that in general is going to make it more like varsity blues because they're set around the same time period um but there's not nudity you know because it is an nbc show 
uh, like there would be in varsity blues. So it's not quite the language, but it is very, there are a lot of very similar um, storylines in the first season with, as far as like the main, the main quarterback goes down and the nerdy quarterback comes in. You know, like that is definitely a storyline. Um, but it's all like, I said, it's acted so well. Like I almost believe that Matt Saracen is Matt Saracen. You know what I mean? Like if I see that actor in anything else, yeah, I'm like, no, that's no, him. that's yeah. the guy who played quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then season four and five, Michael B. Jordan comes on and I just fucking love everything Michael B. Jordan's ever done. And so he's like the lead of season four and five whenever coach Taylor goes to the black school, basically. And uh, then it's, you know, that's a whole other fucking two seasons of greatness. So anyway, fucking Friday Night Lots is awesome. Another one I would highly recommend. Dope. All right. What is your number nine? Uh, number nine, I'm going to get into sketch comedy and I'm going to have to go with Chappelle's show. Uh, definitely the sketch comedy I've wor- watched the most as far as like multiple episodes of just running through seasons. Uh, and it was just a classic show. Like I, I'm still... I would still like jump on it quick if they actually did bring it back and do like updated seasons on Netflix and like he's just older and you know doing shit like I would give it a chance right I I watched season one uh, recently ish you know since they've brought it back up and I really didn't think season one held up quite as much I think the like Prince story does and the Charlie Murphy I think some of them do but all the ones that are based on current event stuff because I mean, like they're funny because we were there, but it wasn't funny like it was at the time, you know, not like I love Dave Chappelle. So I'm not trying to sparge it or not, but like there's this certain like the car commercial skit, right? It's like, oh, I kind of remember those car yeah. commercials he's making fun of, but fucking barely, you know, so like you just don't yeah, quite get they, the yeah, they don't happen anymore. Right. Or uh, like anytime you go back and watch somewhere like they're making fun of whoever the president was then. Right. It's kind of like, yeah, but you know, that that's kind of over. So yeah, it's it doesn't hit as hard as when the the president is the president still. You're like Dan Quelp and Potato, huh? And you're like, I don't even know the fuck Dan Quell is. What the fuck? Up? Um, yeah, what are you talking about? <laughs> all right, so uh, yeah, good call. I mean, it's glad, good we have some sketch comedy in. I, I haven't watched all of Key and Pill, but I will say I think Key and Pill fucking took the torch and ran with it from what I've seen of their skits. Like, yeah, I I did love Key and Pill. Um. That's one that I probably I need to add it to a queue on whatever whatever channel it comes on. I want to say HBO Max has that too because I could definitely stand to rewatch that. Like it, it's been long enough now where right I would be surprised by some of the stuff you know and not still know it all by memory. I watched the first couple seasons of it, but then you know I fell off eventually. Um, but all right, uh, we're getting here. Then I really thought we were going to have some clashes. So some of these others would make it up in the list. And now I'm like, God damn it. I can't believe some of these aren't going to make it. Um, huh. All right. I guess I'm going to go with my number nine as broad city. Okay. Going with the fucking wild card there, if you will. Um, if people don't know, broad city is a show on comedy central. It is about two girls in New York and it's, fucking hilarious i I don't it's hard to explain i mean i know some people don't think women are funny and so they probably wouldn't like it i just think it's i wouldn't be smart i wouldn't be super funny you got to get over it i wouldn't be smart i wouldn't be funny you got to get over it fucking favorite episode of south park right now was eric cartman (laughs) saying all women are smart all women are funny get over it and he he absolutely didn't mean it but he kept saying it and i say that to my wife and kids all the time now and they have no idea where i get it from well right uh 
Uh, and it's basically like our other shit earlier, you know? It, it's more or less our racism talk from the beginning of this is that exact Cartman quote. Yep. It just, you gotta change it a little bit, but you know, you can get there. Um, so yeah, Broad City, super great. It's got Alana and Abby, and uh, I think it started as a web series, then went to Comedy Central, kind of like Workaholics. Workaholics would have been in this list, but Broad City's funnier, so it took its spot. Um, gotcha. Alana is like, they're both Jews, first off, so they're two Jews in New York, and uh, Alana's like the crazy, hypersexualized one who loves Little Wayne, and she wears like, you know, revealing clothes, and she's always twerking in the street and acting crazy, and then Abby's like the reserved <laughs> straight one. Not straight as in sexually, but like the straight comedic one. But she also has a lot of things where she's like, not today. So like me and my wife yell that shit all the time to each other. So, <laughs> and it's also something me and my wife love the show together, you know? So it's one, if I put it on, my wife will be in a good mood because she loves it way more than me. And uh, we rewatched it recently and I was like, fuck, this show really does hold up. So uh, if you're a comedy fan, I just think you will like it. It also has... um. Hannibal Burris plays Alana's on again and off again boyfriend, and he's super funny in it. Uh, so I really like, you know, Hannibal Burris. I'm sure you're somewhat familiar with him. And oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm familiar. He's got a nice dry sense of humor. Right. I enjoy. Exactly. He has that. And he, Not too over the top. <clears throat> right. And he's very, really good. They have, um, you know, they have their classic like one episode. They're tripping on shrooms. And like the first episode is all about them trying to get money for a little Wayne concert like to buy tickets like that's what the whole episode's about and it just follows them through new york while they're trying to accomplish that you know so it's real simple episodes but just jam-packed full of jokes and and funny moments so uh love broad city women is super smart super funny <laughs> get over it all right what's your uh number 10 all right number 10 uh we kind of mentioned it earlier but it did make the list i went with family guy okay uh, even though it's it's less less rewatchable than some of my adult animation i can still rewatch it like it's uh, i enjoy it enough to where i necessarily wouldn't necessarily go back to the first season but usually i can start like somewhere in the middle like whatever season they're at now i can start like between one and wherever they're at now and usually just keep watching episode after episode and still pretty much enjoy it like it it doesn't lose its value too much for me right um Family Guy is good. I haven't, I've never went back and rewatched it. You know, one time when I was downloading Torrens, I, I had some seasons downloaded. Uh, you know, I love Brian and Stewie, you know, like their whole personality and comic dummy. Like they are my humor and my thought process as well. You know, like th- th- what they're going for. But um, after a while, I do think Peter gets so old. <laughs> it's so hard to keep watching it. <laughs> yeah. It's only so much of an idiot you can watch and like, like, why is he still allowed to be an idiot? Right. But I mean, I, I enjoyed it when it was first airing and came out like, you know, it was great. You know, I love, like I loved all the Fox Sunday, not shit. Um, it's just not one I go back and watch. Now I would just rather watch, like I said, the Orville, which is Seth MacFarlane's, you know, Star Trek top show. I watched that quite a bit. Um, and it's still the same type of humor, but not family guy. So for some reason, I don't know what it is. And I just got mad when they canceled Cleveland show. It's I love goddamn Cleveland show. All right. Fuck. All right. My number 10 is going to be a tough one. Uh, it is the only one I'm going to have on my list that is currently running. Okay. Uh, so there's like, you know, expected to be new episodes coming out. I mean, Big Brother, I guess, is currently still running, but that's a reality show. It's a little different. Um, it's called Succession. It's an HBO show. Okay. It's had two seasons so far. I can't. It's hard to explain what I love about it. 
You know, it's one of those shows like you just watch it and you just know it's a good show. Kind of like with Mad Men that I mentioned earlier, you're just like, fuck, it's just so good. And I don't even I don't even know why I care about any of the storyline. It's more or less uh, about the super rich family. Uh, the writers of the show have said it is based on real life rich people. You know, I think that's probably why I'm so intrigued because I'm like, how do these rich people really live? You know, these are like the rather what people think Trump's like. I don't really think he has as much money as people think or like, you know, these multi media conglomerate billionaire type people it's like that sort of world and uh it's this family and the father who's the ceo he's like more or less looking who his successor is going to be out of his children and then they all got their own problems you know uh, between his kids and you're kind of you just follow the the drama that ensues around the whole predicament and then it'll be like this day they're gonna buy this news company and like that shit doesn't matter it's all about the dialogue and like I don't know. It's just so fucking good. And it's, I let, I heard about it on a podcast. I was like, Oh, I'll check it out. And it's one of those weird ones where it's like, well, you have to at least give it four episodes because the first couple are kind of fucking boring. But like, if you can get four episodes in, you'll probably be like really fucking into it. Um, That's when shit hits the fan. Right. Exactly. And so I only have it on my list because if it keeps going on the trajectory, it is, it'll definitely be higher on my list. Like I just, it's one of the few ones that I'm like, it's coming on this week when it comes back, you know, and it's like, I watch it like 9 PM. I'm on HBO max fucking clicking it, you know, like play. So like, uh, I'm a big fan, big fan of succession. And I, I think it needs more fans because it is that good. And also there is one cool character, cousin Greg, who's like the only one that's not super rich. He's from like, you know, he's a cousin from another family that doesn't have all that kind of money, but he like comes around. So you, he's kind of like your uh, vessel into their world. Like that normalcy to it. Right. Right. And uh, it's so fucking good. Like there's one thing where like they're, they have even those baby chickens, like bones and all. And it's like a delicacy, but he's like going to fucking vomit. He's like, oh, my God, I can't do it. But all their other rich people are used to it. You know, it's like one of those scenes. Um, so anyway, it's a drama, but there's a lot of comedy, you know, mixed in and uh Anyway, just, I mean, it made my number 10. So what can I say besides that? All right, man. I'm going to add that one to my HBO list. Uh, Give me the quickest rundown of all of your honorable mentions, and I'll do the same, and then we'll wrap this shit up. All right. I'm going to go ahead and just shoot them off. Uh, I got the Goldbergs in there for your comedy. Uh, Definitely enjoy the show. Uh, It's one that I feel like I would rewatch at some point. Uh, I got Psych, which is a USA show uh, about a, Guy who's just really good at uh, figuring things out, but he pretends to be a psychic. Awesome and funny. Love it. Uh, I got Arrow on there. It's a CW show. More of an action kind of comic booky type show. Uh, three new ones that I just got into that I definitely feel like I would rewatch. Solar Opposites, which I believe is a Hulu original. That's adult animation. Uh, loving that. Uh, Big Mouth, I believe is a Netflix original. Uh, very raunchy adult animation loving that one too brand new uh the rock from wwe he's got a show called young rock yeah he on NBC young that chronicles his life and the uh the start of it is he's telling all these stories because he's running for president and uh it's it's pretty cool concept i like the way they do the show they bounce between different periods in his life uh, and it's interesting i like it been enjoying that one uh, i'm gonna go with good girls which is an nbc it's funny but it's not a comedy I don't really know how to describe it, but it's three chicks, they decide to rob a store and that just leads to one thing after another. It almost feels like a Breaking Bad type situation where 
they start out with like the small crime with good intentions and then it just keeps getting bigger every season. I watched the first two episodes of that because I love all three of the actresses and I hated mm-hmm. it and I was so disappointed. Didn't like it. Oh. <laughs> Man, I, they just didn't they just came out with a new season and I binged it. I, I enjoy it. I like it. I mean, I, uh, I just very last. Yeah, good. Oh, my bad. My bad. I was just trying to. Well, and actually, this ain't even the last, but uh, Sons of Anarchy, the uh, the original, not uh, the Mayans. I. I tried to get into the Mayans. I got like, I think one season in and I just kind of stopped. I may go back to it at some point, but the original seven seasons of it, like that shit. I like shows where like, I start liking characters so much that I get anxiety when they get in bad situations. And I'm like, God, I just want them to get out of it. Like I want them to be okay. Right. And that's how I was with Sons of Anarchy. I was like, man, I really want like, this shit is going so wrong. And I don't see any way out, but I really need them to find a way out. That kind of shit. I mean, I loved it. Powell loved it when I lived with him. You know, so we watched them all. I never finished the last couple seasons because it just was the same shit over and over again. But I did really enjoy it, you know, up until a certain time where I just gave up. But it is a good call. Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. They were always getting some kind of high stakes trouble with some either some other hot, like higher level gang or government agency. Like it was always getting just raising the scales and raising the, uh, the stakes. And in very last, this is a show that not many people that I've ever talked to even have heard of, uh, but it's called Upright Citizens Brigade. And I'm it familiar. was, I, I guess, I don't know if you would call it, it wasn't really sketch comedy, but no, it's improv. characters and it's improv. Yeah, improv. Yeah. I guess you go with improv. But, uh, you know, they had some characters that were recurring, but everybody played different characters, but it was only like three or four of them that were actually on the show, but they all played like multiple characters and multiple it was like the same world, but different places. But that shit was just funny as fuck to me. Like, I'm pissed because I, I had it on DVD and I can't find my DVDs. Like, they only came out with, I want to say, maybe two to three seasons. It was shorter than it should have been. I, I feel like it was ahead of its time with some of just the wild, crazy shit they did on there. Right. The only thing improv I've watched recently is the Middle Dish and Schwartz on Netflix. It's super good. Um two guys from shows I like a lot. Um, all right. My quick honorable mentions are, uh, the first show I really got into binge watching in high school was the OC on an FCCLA field trip to Nashville. And they played on a charter bus and I just got really fucking into it. And it's probably the only like teen show like that, that I'm like, no, that shit's real fucking good. You know, I'll get like real into it. So if you're for whatever reason, really want to get into some fucking teen drama shit, I got to recommend the OC uh, Parenthood, which uh, one of the three females that are on that show, we just talked about that you liked uh, the good girls or whatever. Good uh, girl. One of the girls on that is on the TV show Parenthood. It's probably the best show for how little few people know about it. Like it came on NBC. So you think everyone know about it, but it's just like, I, I don't cry. I hardly ever, but like I'll fucking cry watching that show. Like it's just so fucking good. And it's a simple concept of just like this, you know, adult siblings and all their families and just the, you know, living their life. There's nothing too crazy about the concept, uh, but it's just, a, it's so well written and so well acted. Um, I, I always forget about it. So I want to at least shout it out here in case people just are really into good fucking shows like that. Um, Fargo. I didn't really include in my top 10 cause I haven't watched the newest season with Chris rock. I've only watched the first episode and I never went back to it, but if that never came out and it was just the first three, I couldn't recommend it more. Uh, I think the first three seasons are amazing. I'm not saying the fourth isn't, I just haven't watched it. Um, but it's like right. some real badass action shit, you know, like motherfuckers getting their heads chopped off and shit. Um, 
Fargo's really fucking good. Um, a show I'm currently rewatching right now is Eastbound and Down on HBO. Uh, it's one of my, yeah, one of my all time favorite comedies. I'm really surprised it wasn't on my, I, I guess I replaced it with Silicon Valley on my list for that sort of type of comedy. It might be better. You know, maybe it should have been on my top 10. I fucking love it. Um, I just die laughing. You know, I love everything about the Kenny Powers character. Um, it's, I mean, a character genius, you know, or whatever. So, uh, love that. Uh, the wire is something that the more, the longer we go since the wire, the less people that bring it up, but it's the only like cop show that I really fuck with, you know, like it shows both sides. It's so fucking real. Um, it has like good lessons. I feel like if you're at all involved in hip hop and you haven't watched the wire, you're fucking up. Um, love the wire, love the wire. Uh, Atlanta, which is a show that is currently running still. They are going to finish it off, uh, even though uh, Donald Glover signed a deal with Amazon. I think an exclusive deal. He is allowed to finish um, the run of Atlanta until it's over. So I don't know what the plan is there, but it just uh, for whatever reason, as soon as it came out, I I just was so fucking into it. You know, like I love Donald Glover in general. You know, I enjoy hip hop. Uh, I like the fact that I can understand the abonics and not all white folk can. That makes me feel special, I guess. But uh, I just fucking love it. I love Atlanta. It is my shit. Um, another show currently running on Amazon Prime is The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. It is a it's about stand up comedy for this woman like the 50s. More or less, it's based on like Joan Rivers. I don't think anyone's ever said that, but it it lines up really close to her timeline. And uh, it's just super funny. It's from the creator of Gilmore Girls, which is my wife's favorite television show. And so we watch this all the time. The If you've ever watched Gilmore Girls, the, the dialogue will remind you of that. But it because it's on Amazon Prime, it can be vulgar. I mean, she is a vulgar comedian, stand-up comedian, this woman. And it's just really, really funny. Like, uh, I get really excited when you know new seasons of that come out. Um, a show on HBO that actually got canceled not too long ago. So it is over. It's called crashing. Uh, it is about a stand-up comedian named fuck. What's his name? He had a, he plays himself in the show, but it's like his journey of becoming a stand-up comedian, Pete Holmes. Uh, and it's so like the first episodes, he comes home to his wife cheating on him. And he's one of these like religious guys who got married, you know, really quickly. And, uh, so like his life falls apart and then he tries to really throw himself into stand-up comedy. And that's really what happened in real life. So like, it's an autobiographical sort of show and Judd Apatow produces it. And you know, I love pretty much everything he's involved in. So highly recommend crashing. I haven't rewatched it. I've only watched it once, but it's on my list to be rewatched. And then last for me, a show currently running Barry, which is another HBO show, which stars Bill Hader as a CIA or not CIA, I'm sorry, just an assassin uh, who works for hire. So like he's not a good guy and he kills people, but now he wants to become an actor. So he's in Hollywood going to acting classes, but also, you know, still involved in that. He has to go kill people live and it's super good and funny at the same time. So love Barry. Do they well. have a date for that next season for that yet? Cause I, I did go ahead and binge that. And I enjoyed Barry too. I thought that was real good. Yeah, I don't. I haven't heard anything on a season three. You know, I know COVID's kind of stopped a lot of shit, but I don't know if they, you know, had it filmed before that or not. So I'm sure there's a bunch of other shows I could bring up, but those at least that's what we're going to call for our TV episode. I think I covered most of what I love. I hope you did as well. 
Um, oh yeah. The last thing before we get done here, I just started this new cartoon on Amazon Prime that I think you should watch if you have Amazon Prime. I don't know if you do. Um, I do not. But um, what is it? Just in case. It's called Invincible. It's based on this comic book that was create the creator of The Walking Dead. Um, he made this superhero book called Invincible. Now I don't care much for superhero stuff, especially in the DC and Marvel world, but this is its own thing, right? Like it's not. Doesn't have, it's not Marvel and it's not DC, so you ain't got to worry about that shit. And uh, I've heard the comic book is really, really good. And so I was really excited when the show was announced. And I watched the first two episodes last night. The, it starts off like a, just a normal, you know, pretty good animated superhero show, you know, and you're like, OK, like they say damn and hell here and there, but there's nothing too crazy like adult about it. But then the last like battle scene all of a sudden, motherfuckers are karate chopping people's heads off and smashing brain. Like it gets so fucking gruesome that I was like, "Holy fuck!" Like, and then I was all in after that. And I was like, "All right, we're gonna watch this motherfucker." So winner, uh, yeah. So it's basically a little bit like you remember that Disney movie back in the day where the kid got superpowers, so he goes to like a superhero high school. There's like a little bit of that, like this guy. You know, the main character is the son of a basically their Superman, so he's like half. Kryptonian, except they're called something else in this world. And so it's like him getting his power. So I love Smallville and this is kind of in that lane Ah, as well. Um, But there's like their own version of the Justice League exists and their own, you know, it's like their own world. And so it's really fun, um, I think. So that is going to be my new movie I I get into or new show I get into. So I get on Amazon Prime. I have to check that out. I've been seeing previews for it. It's been popping up. Yeah. It has a commercial on damn near everything. That I stream on, so they're trying to get me to get it. Yeah, I said my wife has Amazon Prime anyway for you know all the stuff she gets mailed here. So we got we try to take advantage of watching the show. So it is good when something good comes to it. You're like fuck, finally. I mean, they have a few other good ones, but this one, uh, this one is very very good so far. But all right, man, I appreciate you being on. And then uh, everyone, look out for Internet Friends three at the end of the month, April twenty third. Twenty third. I'm gonna float an idea to Graveyard here of maybe we should come up with some like to get ready for Internet Friends three playlists that feature the uh, the other artists that are on Internet Friends three. You know, maybe we can look into something like that. But um, we'll try to work on that and um, see what happens. Hey, in the meantime, catch up on Internet Friends one and two as well. Don't sleep on those. Yeah, very important. I'll let you later, man. Peace. Hey, bear, little hummingbird, can you tell what you prefer, rain or shine? Mm-hmm. Hey, bear, little butterfly, can you tell me why I cry day and night? Hey, little butterfly, knew you as a caterpillar. Went from crawling underground, now you fly with it. You trying to shut out the screams, cause they be doubting your dreams. Avoiding nets as you flooding your wings. The hope of the hopeless is so addictive, just like dope is. So the world seems focused on your every move. They want to do what you do, but they can't wait for you to screw up. Now they laughing at you. Life is like a movie till it happens to you. Now it's a dock on every timeline. You part of the queue, you part of the trend. You losing your friends, you losing your mind. You crash to the ground, you just wanted to fly. Yeah, I'm trying to tell you, man, you part of the trend. You losing your mind, you losing your friends, you crash to the ground. And you just wanted to fly. My little butterfly. Hey, there, little hummingbird, can you tell what you prefer, rain or shine? Mm-hmm. 
Tell me why I cry day and night Hey there hummingbird flapping your wings You make it look so hard just to do the simplest things But that's how you are And really when you stop and think You're the only bird to fly that they're pouring up drinks So who am I to judge? Honestly I relate I feel I try so hard but all I hear is the hate I get love, no debate but all I Negativity in my brain as it's always inching through Anxiety and depression got me caged like the zoo This side of me I try suppressing but there's nothing I can do So I rock with it, I roll with it, write a song and smoke a bowl with it Something like I'm so different but I know I isn't In my own dimension, my mind a prison, I built a system Trying to get through my sentence, my confession is like I have no repentance I'm lost, I'm gone, I'm hopeless, I'm fucked I keep making songs, I hope I'm enough Hey there, little hummingbird can you Tell what you prefer, rain 